Hey, Lacrosse Talk PM and WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening, this hour, brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. If you'd like to be on the air, use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in either way. You get in on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. That's 608-785-7914. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You could send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. Do that at any time. Um, call uh, or text again on the Wisdom Talk or the Better Hearing Center Talk a text line six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. You could use that to talk with none other than Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, who's in the studio with us once a month with the mayor. The mayor comes in, we ask him questions, he leaves, and somehow comes back again the next month. It is really Good afternoon. quite remarkable. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. You bet. Glad to be here. We have a, a number of things we need to get to uh, with uh, with Mayor uh, Tim Cabot uh, today. Um, it is uh, a list that probably begins and ends with parking, as usual, because <laughs> that's really the only thing that is worth talking about in this town, really, is just parking. <laughs> We're, I want um, – there's actually – before I get there, we had a lot of fun at your expense last week. In uh, I think we spent an entire show talking about the changes to Cass Street uh, uh, yes. from uh, from the roundabout to West Avenue in Lacrosse. And um, I think I, I spurred on the uh, the criticism <laughs> <laughs> because I well you, you know that's yeah, understandable. You know, yeah, I, it's it I, definitely it's change. Yes. you know it's one of those things that uh, yes. it's definitely changed. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it, Rick just brought us. For those of you who have no idea what's going on, Rick just brought us water, and he, uh, Rick, only brings water when somebody else is in the studio. Otherwise, he just like he brings me like packets of salt and says, "Here, here, have some salt instead of having." Did you keep yet? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, if I remember last month too, um, we had coffee because I was here. So. Oh yeah, that's right. No, yeah, so I made coffee you're for you. Getting, you're yeah. getting. It's you for know, some reason, and maybe it's just because. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the old left. No, I think she made a new pot. The last time he was here, she made a new well, pot. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's still awful coffee, but at least it was a new pot of awful coffee. Did you need some salt? Cause I, I have salt. No, I know you go ahead and eat your, your bowl of nuts there. Rick has uh, brought in approximately 32,000 calories worth of nuts that he's going to consume in the next hour. He needs the energy apparently. Yep. I will. I'm going to give him an hour, but we'll see. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. So, Castry, we we were uh, we were having fun at your expense, the city in general. But you know, I don't know. You sign off on this stuff anyway. So, Castry, um, the bike lanes that that sort of we'll go. We'll stick on the north side of the Castry for now, where there's no parking, and the bike lanes they um, dead end oh, a little yeah. bit on at the at the pedestrian extension right, right, right. or the uh, the sidewalk extensions right. or the bump outs as they're called. And so you're tooling down a bike lane, and then you have to then swerve out into traffic and then go back into the bike lane. Did that look better on paper than it does than it does in, in, in actual form? Well, we, we did uh, get some feedback on that after the street was open. Mm. So my short answer is I, I don't know that I can say yes or no on the paper question. I do think that um, as these projects get built and as you're doing the designs, you know those those types of things I think are inevitable because you're trying to balance people, bicycles, cars, buses, fire station, you know, fire yeah, trucks. Right. And so uh, I don't know to have it to do over again if if we would do something similar like we did on uh, or that we're planning for State Road where you take the parking you know kind of completely off. But 
as we've learned even in that conversation with the DOT, they don't like to have, you know, um, two-directional bike lanes on one side of the street. They prefer to have the, you know, the bike lanes go in essence with the flow. So uh, you've kind of stumped me. I guess the short answer is (laughs) I don't know. I would encourage folks to be safe and, you know, the the whole idea, again, of of trying to provide those bump outs because Cass Street is a fairly busy street Mm -hmm. to, to enable people to get across the street. Um, but we, we've heard feedback already from some bicyclists who are not happy with the very issue that you mentioned. And their suggestion was, you know, to start to, to basically rip out the, the bump outs. I don't think the city's going to consider consider the ripping out of those bump outs. So it, it is a challenge. And I, and I um, it's something, again, as you're doing each one of these projects. So for the next time, we're going to learn and, and see if there's changes that get made in the future. We do little jumps there. Little ramps, or what about like a single cut strip where you can fit your just fit your bike tire in there? <laughs> like you got to be really good at it, though. Otherwise, you go flying. This, these are no, they're no good. They're no bad ideas when we're brainstorming, right? So. Well, I think you. I mean, that part of that, Rick. You could. You need to maybe hone those skills by going to Luth Park to the you yeah. know, to the pump track and the kind that of bicycle awesome, skills there, where you actually do ride on a little very skinny rail. Rick, Rick are you talking on the radio while you're? I'm eating not doing it though. I'm just sucking on the almond. Okay, okay. I think we're going to revoke your mar- microphone privileges for now, and then. We'll get back to you later. I mean, he's got a mouthful of nuts. And he's eating <laughs> them while he's talking. Actually, you I was, was going to say on that. I'm just going to leave that there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Some marketing opportunities. So you're going to you're going to take you. So this the feedback that you get from Castrate and what and the issues that have been brought brought to you by bikers. Um, I don't know that we can it, make any change in right, Castrate, but, but in the next one, the next Correct, one you're think about because I would. I mean, my what I would really like to see, and I'm going to keep try to you know keep uh really voicing this is to have protected bike lanes yeah. as a part of the street projects so that the the bicycle component really is protected from the traffic and it i think that would make for a much safer um, situation for everybody for okay. cars people and and bicycles but we just we're we're not quite there yet so whether again it's lacrosse street or one of the other streets where we could perhaps introduce that concept i'm still going to be pushing for that okay uh, you know i've heard a lot of support for bike lanes a lot of support for pedestrian uh, protections like you know maybe maybe not bump outs necessarily or, or the sidewalk extensions but some other things uh it, it is interesting that depending on where you go in the city these all these Things look different a little bit. There's a little bit of a design sure. difference. Sure, sure. Um, is that going to be at some point? Are these going to be uh, more, uniform, more uniform, perhaps? Yeah, another good question that I don't know that I have a, a real good answer for okay. you because I do think again each street is a little bit different. Your goals for for each one are also perhaps a bit different, and whether it's the 17th Street, you know, Greenway that's getting uh, built and and with traffic circles and some of those other. Uh, changes versus, you know, again, what happened on Monitor Street, for example, where basically we used paint to go f- and put the put the street on a road diet. Right. Um, it is it, it is a bit different. I mean, there are standards, and so the engineering folks they do they have their own set standards that they employ. But as far as is each street going to look more similar than different? 
great question. I, I don't know. I think I think that's something that I mean, as a, I mean, a city really is a living kind of a, an organism, and it goes through changes. And so, uh, I, I see that as just kind of the natural next steps that we take okay. in trying to again better balance people, bicycles, cars, buses, and all that. And I, and I will say that we have received actually, again, from the neighborhood compliments on Cass Street yeah, as well. So sure. I don't want to just, you know, necessarily say. Well, the lighting is pretty awesome. The lighting. Yeah. Um, do people do like the, the, the walkability part of it that is makes it easier to cross the street and, and get um, kind of around in that on that street? So I do think that there was quite a bit of positive. It's just uh, we did hear the feedback on the bicycle lanes and folks expressing, you know, their unhappiness with that. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, uh, I, I'm, I don't, I don't think I was the source of all that unhappiness. By the way, I just, I think that that was, that was maybe just grew up organically from people experiencing the bike lanes. Lacrosse Mayor uh, Tim Cabot in the studio with us. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. We'll come back and talk about parking coming up right here. After this, Lacrosse Talk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the Better Hearing Center. Talk a text line, call in or text in. Either way, you get in. Six zero eight seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us. It's once a month with the mayor. He comes in. We ask questions. He answers them or ducks them. No, he never does that. Uh, we have some uh, parking issues we need to get to, and a couple of other things. But in the meantime, uh, a couple of callers who are interested in. Um, our, to further our bump-out discussion, we were talking about Cass Street and the uh, significant changes to uh, Cass Street between the Roundabout and West Avenue. Once again, Mayor, appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. You bet. We have Rich on the line right now. Rich, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Oops, sorry. Rich, now you're on. Jim? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. Are we there? Yeah, go ahead. I uh, was listening about the bump-outs, and I was asking, and I've asked a lot of people who would know what the real purpose of those are. Could you tell me? They are to provide a safer crossing for pedestrians to get across the street, especially for more heavily traveled streets. Well, I heard from somebody that should know said they were to increase green space. There are some areas in the city where we have done that as well. Um, not necessarily on Cass Street, but if you, I'm trying to remember some of the streets, maybe on La Crosse Street, um, some of the side streets, the city also where we have enough space does create uh, stormwater runoff, uh, almost like little mini detention ponds or retention to slow down stormwater. So not every location um, do you do both, but there are both goals, I guess. I was thinking more specifically on Cass Street, where the goal was really to get people across the street more safely. Okay. Well, where I lived on the north side, lived because I moved to Holman because I got tired of the antics in that town. But uh, on Logan Street, Logan and Keene, there's a bump out. It's not a wide street. It's not a high traffic area. Mm. And on Liberty Street and Sill, I believe, there's another one there. I believe there there and was. I'm, just, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. I think uh, on those streets, those were some recently done streets. There are some stormwater fixes or some stormwater um, additions there because of, again, just trying to deal with all of the the flooding issues and everything else. So each, I was kind of saying that earlier, each neighborhood, each location has sometimes maybe multiple goals. And when we can combine them both, when there's enough room, then obviously we try to do that whenever we can. All right, Rich, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. Uh, well, we might as well do, let Tom, let's go to Tom. He's, he wants to go in a completely different direction, having to do with a, a bus route. Um, I think this is one of the, what are they called? Circulator? 
For circulator routes? Is that the, one of the new routes? Those yes. are called circulator. Okay, the, I think, the, I think it's yes. what Tom is referring to. It's a bus that goes by Gunderson. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, that's the uh, circulator routes. I live on Denton Street, yep. not too far from the East Building, Founders Building. Mm-hmm. And earlier this spring, they passed a few holes on the street in front of the house. They were pretty darn deep, the old potholes. And since the combination of the new bus route, they're like circulator routes, and the buses from the uh, hospital... All that stuff is busting up and popping out, and it probably it won't make it this uh, the winter. That's for darn sure because it's going fast. Okay, okay, I appreciate, yeah, appreciate the call six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. A couple comments. Um, we did have a, a listener who said um, they they liked Rick's idea about a curb cut for the bicycles bicycles to get through the uh, the uh, sidewalk extensions. So that might be a design area you guys can move uh move towards in the uh in the future with uh, curb extensions mixing those with bike lanes uh johnny wants to know who's responsible for snow removal of the bump outs and the and the ramps well th- those would if they're not directly in the downtown area it would be the homeowners that would shovel the sidewalks just like they do now okay. so there would be a, a bit more shoveling because those ramps extend a little bit farther into the street okay yeah i mean i i don't live on a corner, but I have in the past, and I think that the corner people take care of the corners. Yes. Typically. Okay. Uh, oh, here's your leaf question. We did a leaf question from a listener. Ask the mayor about the leaf pickup backlog. Uh, is there a leaf pickup backlog? Or, you know? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. The, uh, they try to update their progress every day uh, on the website. So if you go to the City of La Crosse website, there's a place on there that shows where the crews are are headed and you know, encourage folks to uh, to get leaves out onto the curb, um, you know, prior to that. There's also the, uh, we've developed, I, I forget the exact number, but maybe a half dozen locations where people, if they don't want to necessarily wait, they can just bring their leaves to those satellite mm-hmm. uh, facilities and drop them off there, and the city will come and pick them up. So uh, I've not, uh, to be honest with you, I've not received as many calls this year on leaf pickup as maybe in years past. And I think the satellite um, drop-off is helping because when I talked with the street superintendent, he indicated that they had seen quite a bit of activity at those sites where people were bringing the leaves on their own. Okay. All right. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us. Uh, We have some other road-type questions. Looks like we'll go to Ed next. Ed, um, pedestrian signs on Pine Street. We'll we'll find out what... what, um we're on Pine Street here. Ed, uh, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on with the mayor. Hi. Yeah, just two uh, thoughts. Uh, there seems to be no street signs down by WWCDC on Pine Street for blocks and blocks and blocks. Okay. And then who do we thank for the city, all these new apartment complexes actually have architectural beauty to them, mm-hmm. like the one on Lacrosse Street by Rudy's, and mm-hmm. there's a brand new one on by the UWL football, and other ones on Lacrosse Street. They actually look nice. Well, what do of we think? Beauty's in the be- eye of the beholder, of course, but uh, I there are well, definitely to- Ed. I I mean I I'll agree with you. I don't know, Mayor, if you will, but uh, some there's been some um, definitely some investment in design in some of the newer buildings uh, for especially that service the university. Yes, there have been. And I would give credit to really our community and the community partners who, who developed those design standards now probably about 10 years ago. There was a concerted effort that included the city, the apartment owners association, 
builders, businesses, and others who sat down and developed those those design standards. So uh, I, I think the, the you know what we're seeing now is really the fruit of those labors from many years ago. Because I would agree, I think there's a lot more attention that's being paid to the materials and to the context of the neighborhood and and kind of what's around it. And it's nice to see that. Yeah, not those uh, vinyl shoe boxes where the windows were always knocked out or oh, gone. Oh, those. <laughs> well, you don't find those attractive, Ed. Okay. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, look, I, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And I know that the mayor appreciates uh, hearing that the some of the buildings that are going up, people actually like how they look. 608-785-7914. Um, and on the issue of pedestrians, uh, Jim has got a question related to that. Jim, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Thank you. I wonder... My question is, uh, how many pedestrian accidents did we have in the year 2017? And a second question would be, uh, how many accidents have happened with our crossouts? Crossouts? What, what's a crossout? Crossout meaning, what's a crossout? Jim, what do you uh, well, explain what, what you're What do we to? call these things? Uh, that which, we're building? Which things, exactly? You mean the sidewalk extensions for... Right, the okay. sidewalk extensions. Which, how many pedestrian accidents have occurred there? I don't know if the mayor has those numbers, but we can actually have... That could be part of the conversation. Yes. Is there is there a measure, so a quantifiable measure, with which you would determine whether these improvements are successful? Yes, and I think, to answer... Now, the first of Jim's question, or even, I guess, both questions, I I don't know the exact numbers of how many uh, accidents or pedestrian, you know, automobile or pedestrian bicycle accidents there were in 2017, either on just, uh, you know, kind of the what we would call the historic uh, type of, of curbs and then uh, with the new bump outs. But we can find that out. Yeah. The, the city does work with our uh, the county with the La Crosse Planning Committee to do surveys and to do counts uh, in various locations to look at the pedestrian traffic and to try to understand it, especially at some of these intersections, just how many people are crossing per hour and per day. So we do try to measure that. I think, in, you know, the a real simple performance measure would be to obviously reduce the amount of those those accidents or those crashes in the really high traffic areas. So, uh, you know, if you measure something, then you can start to make those improvements and I'd have to I'd have to go and find out what sure. our numbers are there, but that would be that would be definitely a goal is to try to reduce those number of pedestrian accidents. The Crosstalk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. If you'd like to join us here on the air, send a text or call in at six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot's in the studio. We'll go to the newsroom. We'll come back. Welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. In the studio with Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. In the, uh, he comes in once a month. We talk with him. You talk with him. And then we we do it all over again the next month. 608-785-7914. We get, uh, Mayor, you were just talking about how you're, you're making a list of things to get to as soon as I... That's what I like. When you come in here and people say, hey... About that street. What about those street signs? And you make a list, and you go get people on it. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna try. Okay, all right. Um, so, speaking of the list, did you did the the signs or the parents and 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 teachers more to the point and staff members at Longfellow Middle School and La, and Lacrosse were were really frustrated with uh, 
some traffic issues yes. around there. Did it all get taken care of? I don't know. Okay. And as as we were talking about that just earlier, uh, I, I was thinking about that because I know that's been a very um, – very concerted effort by the school and by others in that neighborhood to really try to address that. So sure. okay. yeah, I don't know if those I'll have to follow up and find out what happened, if, if those have been installed or not. I mean, they've all been approved, so it will happen. It's just I think folks were hoping that we could get that done, you know, right at the start of school. So uh, speaking of schools, there are a number of students um, at UW Lacrosse and WTC who have um, are pushing back a little bit on, well, more than a little bit, on a plan to create a pilot paid parking uh, program around um, in certain on certain streets around UWL and certain streets around WTC. You've, seen, you've heard the feedback. Um, uh, the city council on Thursday will vote on a resolution to basically stop the pilot program right. before it gets started. Uh, what is, what do you, would you say that, Maybe people don't get about your position on 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 paid parking on the street. What is it that you want people to know about how you are feeling about this that maybe they don't understand? Well, I think the the uh, the J and A committee did vote to move forward with that ban, and I I mean I'm, it'll be a close vote, but I'm expecting that the council is going to go along with that ban, which, which is unfortunate. I think you're. Um, that's the challenge that you have in trying to make change, and especially with a system like our parking system, which encompasses much more than you know just those few streets around campus that we're looking to uh, try this pilot program out on. You know, I think a lot of it comes down to what I heard. Obviously, is is when you're getting something for nothing, it's hard to then. Uh, accept the fact that you might have to start paying for that. I mean, I think that's just that's kind of a universal thought, and I understand that. The other the other part was um, the feeling that people were not included in the decision making and in that process, and that that becomes a little bit more challenging. I, I understand that viewpoint as well, but I go back to the work that our staff has been doing for more than two years in meeting with the downtown Main Street groups, the neighborhood associations, having conversations with the parking managers at UW Lacrosse and others to look at the, the you know, some ideas and, and the system to really manage that that commodity because that's really what it is. It's a, a high demanded uh, you know asset and um, the the pilot program and I think our staff talked very well um, last week about you know why they did choose those areas. A lot of it had to do with the um, you know the fact that we're looking to do a program that it's paid on your phone, and so we're looking for sort of early technological type of adopters, and thinking that the campus area would be a good one for that. So yeah, it, it is unfortunate. I don't know, you know, at this point because uh, of the the action by the the JNA committee and then ultimately the council where that's going to end up. But I've told staff. You know, we move forward regardless of what the council decides to do. If they, if they do want to look at uh, a going forward and having this pilot, and I will say that it's already underway. Um, you know, you'd said early before it started. Well, based on the board of public works action, I mean, the signs and all that stuff has already been ordered, and we've spent money on on those things already to to get that program off the ground. So. <laughs> So that's already unfortunately been been started, but 
um, perhaps they're, uh, you know, the, I think the one, th- the other thing, I guess, maybe in answer to your question that is lost on this is this notion of developing these park it, parking benefit districts and the idea that we would like to see the parking revenues be pumped back into the neighborhood in those areas that have the on-street paid parking and that have kind of the the high intensity and the conflict between neighbors and and commuter parking well without any revenue there are, there are no parking benefit districts i mean there's nothing to fund those so that's the other part that i've tried to convey to, to people and i've encouraged again our neighborhood groups in downtown main street and others to to reach out and at least express their their feelings because again that's been something that we've been talking about now for the better part of 2 years and it takes time to bring people together it just so happens obviously that whenever the proposal gets rolled out if you haven't been part of that, you know, the last two years, you feel like you've been left out of the conversation. And that is not, you know, that's never the intent. It's just, it takes time sometimes to develop these. So, um, you know, again, it's it's one of those where we've got a lot of issues, a lot of challenges in the city. I, I try to, you know, encourage the students. I think, honestly, the, the paid parking is, you know, probably about number 10 on the list of, of things that we should be working on in the campus areas. Um, you know, the, the whole issues of affordable and quality housing and the the crime issues and, you know, binge drinking and underage drinking and, and all of the, the things that go along with that, I think, in my mind, is a much higher priority. But I understand where folks, you know, if you're driving a car and you have to park, then you're getting that kind of that experience directly. So we'll see. You have you've said that there is no free parking. There is none, regardless of what what the sign might say. There is no free parking. There is and no such thing. That's correct because we are all paying for it. So the city of Lacrosse taxpayers are paying for that parking uh, and providing that. And the the notion with this pilot is to try to balance and get. Uh, uh, some recognition from those who live outside of the city, especially who come in to the city and park on the street to get, to have them, you know, put a little bit of, of, of money on the table, so to speak, to be able to manage this system. There were folks that had indicated, well, they're, they're still city residents, but they, you know, live in other parts and not necessarily, uh, you know, um, close to campus. And, Again, we have a program with all of the institutions that provide MTU rides as a part of the student fees. And we have, for the most part, all around the city, you're within about four blocks of a bus stop. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where I would you know, put a bit more onus on our universities to do. They should be doing more to discourage uh, people to drive everywhere and to, you know, especially to drive to, to, to campus. So um, I don't think there's enough effort there. I think we have enough of, you know, especially in those neighborhoods, the densities and the amount of users and again, kind of the conflict between commuter parking and residents and businesses and, and all that, where if we had fewer cars that were coming, you know, just for uh, sort of that single purpose to come to class, if there were ways to try to discourage that, I think we'd be better served. But having said all that, the, you know, folks have, uh, a, a number of folks have said that they are opposed to the to this pilot program, and we'll see what the council does. Okay. Well, the pilot program uh, originally intended for just these areas around UWL and WTC, if I remember correctly, I don't remember if it was amended, but the resolution would just ban that from being implemented in those areas. Would Correct. that mean that you could move it to somewhere else? 
Well, I think that's where we'd probably have to take a step back because the last thing we'd want to do is go through two years of meetings and suggest it to be in the area around Gunnarsson Health System, which I think is kind of the next yeah. area. And then, you know, two years from now have a, a big outcry from folks in, in that area to say, nope, we don't want to have to pay for on-street parking only to kind of be back in the same, you know, in the same spot. So I, I think we really have to take a step back and, and figure out, is this a route we want to go at least at this point, because, you know, the other, and I was only maybe half joking, I, I did say to staff, I mean, I wonder what the reaction would be if the city went ahead and just removed the parking on those streets and just said, you know, because it's public street and right. with the conflicts between, again, it's snow plowing time and alternate side parking and all those things, uh, maybe we should just remove the parking from those streets and, and you know, see what that does to uh, as a pilot to see what that does to parking in the in the neighborhood, but uh, I was only half joking when I suggested that. So I think <laughs> I think we we do need to reevaluate because I I there there will be a compelling argument from some group somewhere else as to why they should not have to pay for on street parking. So um, and I would not want to waste again uh, two years worth of of time and energy only to be back in the same same spot. Across Mayor Tim Cabot, uh, this has certainly caused uh, some angst among uh, college students and college um, administrators, really. I think that I they don't seem terribly happy about this whole thing either. So um, we'll we'll keep we'll stay tuned. The one thing that is maybe a little maybe too much inside baseball on this one, but the idea of the city council voting to stop the work of another city board who this in this case the board of public works Correct. which is in charge of the parking utility Correct. ultimately right seems a little bizarre it is, and it, that's another that's another sort of uneasiness that i have because you know we've had a parking utility board for many years and again they've gone through kind of ebbs and flows in their effectiveness i think with the uh, moving of of parking from public works to the police department and the technological changes, all of the things and the improvements that have happened have been very positive. And it bothers me that, quite frankly, you know, we've got a board that makes those decisions about pricing and everything else. And because a council member does not like that, now they've got the whole council weighing in. So, um, you know, we're going to be making future changes on pricing and everything else. And it, it makes you wonder, now, is this something that the full council wants to now weigh in on? And if we have to do that for every administrative type of decision, you, you know, you, that, that's going to slow things down considerably, which is not what we want to see. We've got enough work to do. We've got to keep things moving forward. So, yeah, I would agree. I think it is maybe a little bit beyond um, what the, you know, what the original intent of having the parking utility and having the some authority to be able to operate. But, again, we'll deal with the outfall from uh, from Thursday night. I anticipate... And I'll, maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I think I'm anticipating one of those uh, classic Council President Martin Gall speeches about dangerous precedent setting. So we'll find we'll we'll, we'll see. see on Thursday. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you want to put your headphones, on. I think Phyllis is still with us here. She has got some, um, and thankfully uh, waiting while we got past our parking conversation, so we can get on to snow removal. Phyllis, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Um, just this is an observation I've had. Um, I walk my neighborhood on a daily basis, and it's year-round. 
and I'm calling specifically about the winter time and the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, the we get a snowfall that's maybe four or five inches, and then a day or so later, the city people are out removing the snow from some of these intersections and such, and hauling it away. And what I see when they do that, first of all, they're not paying any attention to the weather forecast for the next day or two. So if they left it alone for two or three days, it's going to, just about 90% of it will be melted away because of the weather. Anyway, and then, but when they do this removal, they're compacting what is left there. They're blocking the sewer drains um, because it's, it's always on a corner. And they're blocking the intersection or the sidewalks, which have been nicely shoveled by the residents who live there. And now there's these great big blocks of snow that have turned kind of to ice, and it, and it never gets cleaned out for the rest of the winter. And I'm, I walk four or five miles every day. So I see this a lot every winter, and it just I just don't understand it. And primarily in downtown, is that where you're seeing it? No, I, I live. Well, no, no, in the in the city neighborhoods. I live okay. um, west. I live between Green Bay and South Avenue and Losey Boulevard. And okay, okay so right. you kind of yeah. get the area well, where I'm I'm talking about. But I really don't understand why they come in and do this snow removal. It is. To my, in my opinion, it is so unnecessary. And well, I saw we saw saw the mayor making some notes. So I think that will probably be a part of a discussion that he has with uh, some of the city staff. Uh, I know they do pay attention to weather forecasts, though. We we do, and that's part of the whole enforcement of the the ordinance, which does require uh, people to remove their the snow and ice within twenty four hours. Uh, you know, and we've uh, uh, the city has a lot of property and various rights of way and parks and everything else all around the city. So we're we're we try to hold ourselves to that same standard. So the the crews do go out there and, and remove um, snow from those sidewalks. Uh, I, I've, I've observed that myself that at times the the storm drains do get blocked, and especially if you've got leaves and ice and snow kind of all mixed up. Um, they do try to get out there at times and get those cleared, but you know th- there's a lot of areas around the city. But I but I will make a note of that just to talk with our street superintendent because I'm not quite sure if there's either a certain piece of equipment or something that they do that might be might you know be easier to to address that. Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio. We'll wrap up with the mayor right after this. Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds in the studio with Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. Going to wrap up uh, with just a brief question about what is going ha- going to happen on the Kmart lot in Lacrosse. I don't know, but it's getting somebody it's knows. Getting, Andrea knows, and well, Andrea Schnick is well, the, the the economic development planner. She we, hasn't told you. We we don't have necessarily the the specific idea of okay. uses yet. Right. We have a pretty good idea of who. Okay, and I, and I think that the community, you know, I'm I'm pleased with the people that we've been talking about that are interested in purchasing that lot. Um, we have conveyed all along that the uses that we want to see are what we've heard from the neighborhood and the conversations that we've had over the you know better part of the year or so and that would include a mix of housing and commercial uses um, I don't know that we have any specificity as far as you know what 
um, and and I love the students' plans that were unveiled yeah. last yeah, week. Good I mean, uh, some specific ideas. I, we don't have that level of specificity yet, but there there. I mean, I think we're making progress, and I, and I do. Um, applaud our, our planning department and the staff because they've been very dogged in making sure that we don't end up with a vacant, you know, Kmart for four years because there's been other communities in kind of this general region that have witnessed that and that's not good for anybody. So I, I think they'll there I'm not sure of a timetable. I think the you know what I hear is that it's a couple weeks away. Um but you, Mitch, will you'll be first on my list to call. How about that? <laughs> okay. As soon as is, I is know, it, is it a stuff, local buyer? Is it a local buyer? It is a local okay. group of people right. who, um, kind of early on when we had reached out. So the, I mean, just to do kind of the quick history, when that became, you know, when when that was closing, and and there was this idea that yes, it's going to be a property that's available. This, we reached out immediately to okay. the owners and said we would like to buy it because without knowing. If there were other players out there, uh, we at least wanted to to make sure that if there was a way to control it. Well, we learned through that process that of the, some of the local players, and I think that's what uh, the planning staff has done re- really well. Is they've almost kind of been doing the matchmaking between the the current owners and the local group that wants to buy it. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, we we will find out together uh, yes. about the uh, the next steps for the old Kmart in the city of Lacrosse, and we'll talk with you next month. Sounds great. Good Thank luck you. with the rest of this one. <laughs> okay. Appreciate that. You too. Lacrosse Talk VM on Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. We've got another hour to come. Stick around. Much more right here on Wisdom. Uh, feel free to use the uh, Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line, by the way, 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around. Hey, welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. If you'd like to join us here on the air, use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. That's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in another way you get in. We had Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us last hour. We talked about uh, parking and Cass Street. A lot about Cass Street. And also some snow removal and also leaf pickup. And a couple of other things, actually. <laughs> and he walked out of here with a list of things to do. Thanks to all of you. He's got to take care of some lights that have uh, been out by Sloopy's for a month, apparently. There's some uh, issues over on Denton Street. Some uh, snow shoveling things he's got to take care of before winter gets here. Gonna check into that. So, a list of things. Uh, pedestrian signs on Vine Street. Apparently, that's going to be on his list. Things to do. He gets back to the office. Yeah, That's good. That's good. Keep him busy. Keep him busy. Keep him earning his money. Uh, so your thoughts, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. had an interesting comment from a listener in relation to uh, something that I had said, actually, not the mayor had said, but something that I had said about the uh, city council oversight on a parking utility board. And I'll, I will uh, get, um, I will uh, bring that, uh, I'll come back around to that, actually, coming up here relatively soon. Speaking of snow... Yeah, maybe. I'm going to go a yeah, maybe on that one. Because we got a, a yeah, maybe on Tuesday, tomorrow night. And then a yeah, maybe on Thursday night and Friday morning for possibilities of some uh, a snow. Slight, slight possibility of some snow. So, which would not be surprising. You know, we do that. We get that once in a while in November. But for the time being, the rain uh, this afternoon and tonight, or rather, this, we are into tonight. So tonight, rain tonight, and then uh, rain Looks like pretty likely tomorrow morning as well. And then I think we'll see some sun again on Thursday before there's a possibility for some uh, snow.
But anyway, 48 degrees right now on Lacrosse Talk PM. More to come. Stick around. All right, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot was in the studio with us last hour. We talked about a couple of things um, that have come up recently, not the least of which was the major changes to castrate in lacrosse from West Avenue to the roundabout. For those of you who have witnessed it, it just opened up last week, but you've uh, we actually had a a pretty good time talking about it uh, last week and uh, the changes uh, to that uh, street, including the bike lanes that don't go anywhere. They just kind of end at um, the curb extensions. And uh, Mayor Tim Cabot said he has gotten a lot of feedback in relation to that from bicyclists especially. And it does seem that they will be taking that into account for future projects in terms of design. I, I think that any any bicyclist, and I said this last week, any any buddy who rides their bike on a regular basis is going to look at that and go, "What what what did you do here? What the hell is this?" Because it does. It's just it's a head scratcher. There's no question about it. You, you ride along in the bike lane for a while, and then you swerve out into traffic. I guess I'm just hoping for the best. Look out! Here I come. Here come my bike. Here we go. Get out of the way. So, uh, yeah, apparently I wasn't the only one who thought that. Apparently there's a couple of other people. That's fun. Um, also, uh, this uh, caller, I think, uh, is, let's see, what is the one? Oh, this uh, this caller says, uh, uh, regarding Cass Street, it looks like a waste of money. Grew up there, charm is gone. And I actually, I've talked with some people on Cass Street who say they love what has happened, what they love, the how it's changed. Uh, with the, maybe not as, you know, the curb, the bump outs or the sidewalk extensions or whatever you want to call them exactly, but they like that the traffic is slower and they do appreciate the new lighting and all that. So let's see. Um, this listener said the mayor's office rocker with these silly programs. I'll never set if I never set foot in lacrosse again. It'll be too soon. Wow, that is dark, man. That's dark. I think that that was in relation to the parking, paid parking, uh, pilot program around UWL. So here's the part, and I I actually thought about this when I was um, uh, talking to the mayor about it, but I asked about the precedent of the lacrosse of the city council in lacrosse because what's going to happen this week on Thursday, the city council is voting on a resolution that would ban the, the uh, city's uh, parking utility from enacting this uh, paid parking program around UWL and WTC. Um, and that parking utility is, uh, they're directed by the board of public works. And I asked about the precedent of the city council, uh, dictating every move that these utility boards make. So, whether it be this utility board or the MTU or uh, some are more some are more independent based on statute, I think. So the sewer and water utility has a certain level of independence. I don't think they're directed by a board, so maybe that's not. No, they're directed by the city council, so that wouldn't work. Park board would be one that's not a utility, but they're independent. I don't know. It just it seemed as though there was something that you, in terms of you know what you you get to a certain point and you're you're asking these like the public works board to make decisions on you know where to put parking meters and then then you've got people in the city council who and have every right to do so but for them to then come back and say no don't put parking meters there it's one of those things that where it's you know i thought that it might be worth a question and a listener says do you, are you listening to yourself the city council should be able to overrule the board the councilmen are the ones who are supposed to run the city, not these boards. And I think that's true, actually. And I, I realize that that's not um, that 
uh, in retrospect, as I as I was thinking about that, then you're you're right. I, I'm not a big. I don't like micromanagement. I'm not personally. I'm not in favor of micromanagement. And then um, having a a utility determine things like um, how they're going to charge for parking in a ramp, or you know, changing where where the two hour parking zone is. I I think that that you just leave that to the parking utility and the city council just deals with other things. But uh, but I get it. Yeah. No, you're right. No, they should they absolutely should have oversight. So I I would agree with that. And I I think I I think I, it's probably not yeah probably didn't i could i i could have handled that one better all right 608-785-7914 let's go to the phones uh we've got a number of callers and I, i'm just about to figure out who they are hold on i got it i got it it is go to number three first number three thanks for waiting go ahead you're on good afternoon sir how good. are you good thanks good i think we're gonna have some major improvements on cast street when bicycle people complain to the mayor and the engineering department there's going to be some big changes made because they listen more to the bicycle people than they do to the people that drive cars. Yeah, well, this I think it's um, primarily, I think what bicycle people see is that these are meaningless, or not meaningless, but they're, they're largely meaningless improvements the way that they were, that way that they were put, right. put so there. So they're, they're going to listen to these yeah. eight, ten people that ride that more than they would me or you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that... Um, I honestly, it'd be a lot more than eight to ten people if they if they designed it differently, frankly. But I don't oh, think yeah. you're. I, mean, I don't think you'll see really a lot of bicyclists using it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I think that I and I don't think they're going to make changes to it. I think it's going to stay just don't the way. Think so? Oh, I, I think if enough people complain, Mitch, they don't want all that flack on their back. It's easier to use their money to call a contractor in to rip it out and put it in the way it should have been in the first place. Yeah, I, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I think they, there's no. a possibility of adding maybe uh, some sort of ramp that extends the uh, bicycle lanes. That would be non-standard, though. That would, The engineering department would hate that. I just, it's really, it would be a stretch, Got I a think. six-pack on it? I don't, I don't wager, but I just don't think that don't that's wager. going to be a... Well, the last time I wanted to bet with you, you wouldn't bet with me either. Yeah. You would have lost. So. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Thank no, you. No, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And I, I think that they're, you know, squeaky wheel, obviously, but or squeaky bicycle wheel, I guess. Uh, but regardless, I, I don't I don't think that they, they come back and uh, you know, grind down the, the uh, bump outs to uh, make a ramp for bicyclists. I just don't think it's going to happen. Let's go to Linda. Linda, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Yes, thanks, Mitch. I want to encourage everyone tomorrow to get out and vote. And one of the things that is posing for the Holman School District is they really could use some additional room in the high school, and that's one of the referendum questions for tomorrow Mm -hmm. is the expansion of the high school. It's very overcrowded, and when you go in the high school, you'll see that, and the kids have said that. But they're looking for a referendum that will help improve the high school by increasing the size, and also it's not going to cost the taxpayers any extra money. So it's really a very positive thing for the school district and for the kids within our school district. It's a growing area, and it really is important to get out and vote and vote yes for this. All right. Well, Linda, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Uh, it is a um, pretty big voting day tomorrow. I heard somebody, somebody's over-the-top evaluation of the mid congressional midterms as the most important what was that the most important midterm election in my lifetime that's what i heard someone say today 
a pundit on uh, a, a radio talk show host. I'll give you a hint that it wasn't me. I think he called it the most important midterm election, congressional midterm election in my lifetime. I don't know if that's really... We'll see. We'll see how important this is. It's, it's always important. Votes are always important. How significant of a... In the end, how significant of a, of a vote any of this, any nationally, it turns out to be, and we'll see. I mean, there's some real things at stake for local elections. Um, you know, you have a lot of, lot of, lot of things can be changed at a local level that are, have far more impact on you, uh, six months from now, seven months from now, eight months from now. Uh, but, um, in terms of congressional midterms, you know, it's funny because like in Wisconsin, it's not so much in Minnesota In Minnesota, there are actually some races in play and seriously in play. Uh, the first congressional district is, I think it's still kind of a toss up. You know, it's, it's pretty much a toss up and you got a couple of guys that are, um, you know, Jim Hagedorn is a traditional Republican guy. He's, you know, he's, and this is third time, fourth time running for the seat. And uh, Dan Fian is an exciting new candidate for the Democrats. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a seat that Tim Walz has had for, held for a number of years. He's running for governor. There's all sorts of things that are in play in Minnesota that aren't necessarily, you're not seeing the same sort of, uh, like, especially in the congressional seats in Wisconsin. I don't, you know, though they're talking about the first and the sixth districts being up for grabs. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. We'll see. We'll see. I think if I were to bet, which I don't, but if I were, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that sixth district's going anywhere. And I feel like Brian style is, uh, is gonna, is gonna grab that first district for Republicans. All right. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us for, uh, join us here on the air. 608-785-7914. Um, all right. Well, I have a couple messages, but we'll get to those when we come back. Uh, feel free to use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line, 608-785-7914. Lacrosse Talk PM and WISDM, I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. My goodness, my, my goodness, tomorrow's election day. I, uh, while Rick was out of the studio, I stole some of his uh, giant bowl of nuts. Um, Rick uh, brought in about three and a half pounds of nuts, and he's working his way through them. Um, I did take some of them from him and did not ask him beforehand. Um I probably should apologize. I'm not sure that I will. Um, but it, it looks like there's plenty of nuts in there. Do you feel like you are will be short nuts or not? Do you feel like you're okay with what you got? You also regretted doing that. I mean, I regretted it only because they didn't taste good. Right, exactly. You know, there was, I, I wish that I would have recognized or realized the, the lack of quality in that bowl of nuts prior to actually... Trying. I don't know why you had expectations that they were going to be quality... Well, I don't know. I don't know where they're from. They're just like a they're a random bowl of nuts. They're not, you know, they don't have any. There's not. A, they're not in a bag. They don't know where they came from. They could have been really from anywhere, I suppose. So you think I'm getting quality? I, I should have known better. I should have known better. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Not only that, I only buy them when they're on sale too. Though. Yeah, so they're like they're old. He's got old nuts. old nuts. Old nuts. He's got old nuts. It's like, it's a, it's a nut mixture. It's like almonds. Cashews, a lot of sunflower seeds in there. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't have done it. And then they have that taste that like old. They're a little on the dry side. They're salted, little little salted, maybe too much. Uh, yeah. Speaking of old nuts, uh, Eric from Sparta is on. All right, thanks. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Good, Eric. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah. First thing I want to say is, uh, before you go to vote tomorrow, remember one thing. God bless America. Number two, anything you hear from 
Marquette University Law School. Take it with a grain of salt. They are liars. They got everything wrong. Ever this Trek school, then uh, a recall for Walker. This woman, uh, it's a last minute. Walker beat her by six points. She was six points at last minute. They're liars. They're they're trying to inflict the election. And number three, the last one. If you believe anything the Southern Poverty Liars Center says about anything, my God, you are really on the wrong track. Thank you. All right. Thanks for that. Um, I think the Marquette University Law School poll reference, Marquette University Law School reference, was about their polling, which the, the last, I think it was the last poll that was released last week, had Scott Walker and Tony Evers in dead heat. And then our buddy Phil Anderson, the libertarian running for governor, polling in single digits, like way down there, way, way, way down there. And they've been pretty consistent in, in relation to that. I think that there was at some point, you know, a, a not, an, a, um, what do they call it? Um, no, a, a, a difference between Tony Evers and Scott Walker that was within the margin of error. Had They had that several weeks ago. I think it's been right really close Ever since there was that one outlying poll that had Evers up by eleven points at one point, no other poll found that. I think most and most rational people would understand also that uh, when you have a governor who's got a whatever fifty some percent approval rate, that um, you know, and as evenly evenly divided as a state is, that you're going to have a, another governor's race that's pretty close, as they typically are. So that's what is going to happen this time as well. It's interesting. When you look at the polling results, and we, you know, the only polling results are the, are the poll results that, that happen after tomorrow, right? But when you look ahead of time at the predictive polls about the, the gulf that exists between Tammy Baldwin and Leah Vukmir in the Senate, and the very close race in the Tony Evers and Scott Walker uh, contest, it is striking how much difference there is in that Baldwin Vukmir race. And you start to start to try to try to figure out if they are if that is correct who who's not who's not voting for Vukmir who's voting for Scott Walker and again none of it matters until after tomorrow so to a certain extent Eric is absolutely correct nothing matters in relation to the Marquette University Law School polls uh, but it does it is interesting if they if they if the results actually come out that way if we actually have a race where and I'm guess I think that it, honestly, it's it's too, in the governor's race is too close to call if polling is to be believed. And most I think most are looking at this as a very very tight race. So I'd, I'd be hard pressed to to make a determination one way or the other on that one. But I don't. I think I feel like Governor Walker gets another term as governor. So I'll just say that. So if that is in fact the case, it's a very tight race, and we do have in fact that the Tammy Baldwin race, which lines up with her winning by I don't know, even high single digits. That that's a curiosity. That does make you wonder what what exactly is going on there. Who's showing up to vote for Scott Walker? That's not showing up to vote for Leah Vukmir. Strategists will try to use that in the future to plot a, uh, a better course moving forward for the next candidates. That'd be my guess. Uh, lots on the ballot tomorrow. We'll and we'll talk more about this tomorrow. We're going to have some election coverage after uh, polls close as well here on Wisdom. We'll have all those uh, all that information updated on our website and uh, and uh, give you updates on Facebook as well tomorrow. But uh, so much, um, you know, not only the congressional races, but uh, obviously the legislative races on the state level 
and the governor's races in Minnesota and Wisconsin and, and in Iowa, those are all very closely watched and very close races for the most part, although I think Kim Reynolds rolls in, um, in Iowa. Um, and uh, the Senate races, and, and it's just, there's so much, yeah, there is a lot at stake. There's also the local county races. There's those advisory referendums for La Crosse County. There's school referendums on the ballot. There's, of course, our advisory marijuana referendum. I don't know, I can't remember what I predicted for that. 63-37, I think I said. 63 yes to 37% no on the, the on legalizing marijuana. What's your bet? What do you got, Rick? What's your number? What do you think it is? 63-37, yes. Um, probably a little higher than that. You think it's higher than that? Yeah, who, like who? who's not for that? Like, that doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't... We, we, hear, we hear people all the time that think that it's it's like the devil, that the devil is going to wreak havoc on the planet. Where are you hearing marijuana this? Marijuana is legalized. Uh, on the phone? Here? We we do, yes. Yes. Yep. You're saying that where callers can't be believed? I, th- I feel like if you're against something, then you call and rail against it right. but if you're for it then you're like uh i'm for it i don't like what am i what else is there to say about I don't it know. you try to convince people that that it's that your that your viewpoint is the best viewpoint but only if you're outraged about it i and think outrage tends to be you, you gotta know, you gotta get your you get your outrage going on nobody's yeah. outraged for marijuana <laughs> like ah, we need it that's true because they're chill that's true they're already too yeah. chill they're already yeah there's very little outrage among the uh marijuana proponents i would agree with that uh so anyway we'll talk more about this tomorrow obviously more about the ballot stuff more about the election stuff um anticipating some high turnout but 20 some percent of you have already voted so those in-person absentee ballots have just been flying in and this is not going to be as high as the presidential election but certainly way higher than 2014 would it be interesting with the early voting if there was a scoreboard we had a scoreboard up somewhere like we did this with the presidential um you know bernie versus hillary right we there was a scoreboard there was each state was a quarter (laughs) like they went through the south right right? and hillary was winning all those and then they got other places and everyone's like oh bernie and then you know the the score kind of evened out but in the end hillary won and Mm -hmm. um cheated but yes (laughs) she cheated cheated um yeah what were those things called stole that Stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders, but yeah, all right, either way. But if we had like 20% of people voting now and there was a scoreboard up there, like, oh, Walker's only up by, you know, or Evers is only up by two points, and then people would be like, oh my gosh, and then they would be outraged and have to go and vote. I mean, all these are all really interesting ideas, Rick. This is all, this is all possibilities for the future. I mean, if politics can look into the sports world and see yep. what they're doing over there. See what the, what are they doing in sports? I mean, maybe that's yeah. Take take that as a, I mean, we a get outraged by, by uh, Michael Thomas putting a cell phone under the goalpost. That's that was that was like amazing. Fifteen years ago, I loved it. That was fantastic. We get outraged about it though. It's just that one guy, just Troy Eggman. He was the only guy who was <laughs> yes. outraged. Every nobody else was outraged. Troy Eggman was outraged. Yep. Nobody else was outraged. Everybody was listening. To Troy Eggman going, "Why are you outraged, dude?" And settle down. He's already he's turned into get off my lawn guy. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't think it happens, but it happens it almost I think it's it, it's in, inevitable that it happens to everyone. Get off my lawn happens to everyone at some point. We just need we need more stats in politics where we can just go to Governor Walker page and 
he's here and he's here and he's you know like game log how he's doing on the road versus uh you know what's he doing at, uh, during night games and during versus day games yeah, and yeah yeah change our whole election system that's all there is to it this is wisdom i'm mitch reynolds hey i'm mitch reynolds we got to get out thanks to my love to anna for rick solem we'll talk tomorrow right here on wisdom